take this elevator located in a weird-ass corner of the Firelink Shrine, go all the way to the top, jump off of that onto a ledge that looks like you should not be walking on, go all the way to the top of that, pretend to be a baby egg. Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast. Today is an exciting day because we're getting back to basics with another bracket. And this time, it's not 50. It's not 32. You guessed it. Or maybe you didn't. It's 16. 16 of our top video game soundtracks going head to head until we determine our winners. We're back at it. We're doing it again. And this is the beginning right here. We got some exciting songs, soundtracks, games that we've been playing recently, and we finish it all up with some tech news, so we leave the juicy bits right at the beginning. You don't have to wait a single minute to hear what you came here to hear. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Shoot! Happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome to the Mo Video Games Podcast. We're back to basics, baby. Back to what we do best, and that's brackets. We're here for it. I'm terrible at brackets. Yeah, same here. But that doesn't mean it's not fun to do. The rules don't matter. If you haven't been with us for brackets in the past, and by brackets, it's a singular bracket that we did that lasted over a year. The top 50 video game bracket. That started off, kicked off the Mo Video Game channel, and now we're back with a much more reasonable, manageable top 16 video game soundtracks. So, speaking of brackets, um, one of our loved and deared viewers, just like all of our viewers, uh, Adam recommended that we go back through and essentially for the bottom half. Or just like look at matches and then kind of like try to sort out like the bottom half and the top half to see if any. I know that we did like a soft version of that to throw things back in the top eight, but it'd be interesting to try to like use the rough framework that we have right now to try to generate an actual like order in the top 50. And for me to remove Hollow Knight out of my number one slot because my brother was flaming me for picking a small indie title, (laughs) he was like, Is it really that good? Oh, wow. Uh, I've spent over 100 hours on the game, so clearly I like it quite a bit. (laughs) Triple, triple spice. That would be interesting. That would be incredibly hard, but I like the challenge that would be presented by trying to actually number them. Rather than eliminating, you actually have to (laughs) rank them. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. I think it would be be difficult, but I mean, even with the soundtrack bracket that we'll be doing today, it's like, I'm I'm probably forgetting a title or something like that, right? Like, I've just accepted the fact that it's just not a perfect compendium of, you know, the top. And my analysis on soundtracks is going to be like, sound pretty. <laughs> <laughs> sound good, buddy. I yeah. do a lot of pretty sound. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's uh, it's something to remember, too. We, we mentioned this a lot when we were doing our top 50 video game bracket, is that this is mostly an exercise in just having fun talking about things related to video games. It is by no means meant to be objective because it literally can't be. But also, like, we don't really have any rules. We change the rules constantly. It's kind of how we're feeling that day. So don't take anything too seriously. We're here to have a good time. 
I mean, yeah, I started deciding to just like innately nerf earlier games just because I feel like they, I mean, even if they're classics, I just feel like with how good games have gotten recently in comparison, you know, like going backwards, I think a large part too is you going back through and especially playing games like Alan Wake where I'm just used to like the crunch mechans of the 360 and you were just like this is the worst experience I've ever had in my life the <laughs> the thumbnails for your videos were fucking hysterical I loved each and every one of them um yeah, yeah just like games have just gotten a lot better mechans feel a lot smoother with an f apparently <laughs> <laughs> that's so smooth um <laughs> Yeah, and like the scope of games have gotten way larger. Like it's hard to it's hard to compare. I mean, like the fact that I know I say it all the time, but like Hall and I was developed by three fucking people, and that game literally takes most people. I'm pretty sure on like the order of like forty hours to beat on an average playthrough. That is a ridiculous amount of content for three people. To be fair, the map either goes up, down, or left and right, and very boxy by by nature. But when you have that small of a development team, I think I'll uh, I'll let that one slide. Yeah. And speaking of Hollow Knight, I think that uh, transitions us nicely. Intentional segue. Intentional segue. So roadmap for today's podcast, we're going to talk about what we've been playing recently and dive right into the soundtracks. We're not teasing you with an hour of tech news before 10 minutes of bracket time. We're getting right into the brackets after talking about some other video games first, and then we'll end with some tech news if you want to stick around to hear all that crazy stuff. But yeah, like I said, segue nicely into what I've been playing. I've been playing three games this past week. Hot Wheels Unleashed. Hot Wheels Unleashed. Yeah, we had a nice segue with Hollow Knight, but we're just not going to talk about that first. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I just fuck wanted, it. I'm trying to think of your three games. I know HK. Hot okay. Wheels Unleashed has to be one of them, but Correct. I already forgot what that other game you bought. But I almost feel it. I don't know if you booted it up yet, because I feel like if you're on the PlayStation, I feel like you rock in Hot Wheels Unleashed is the problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I already told you what the other game is. You just have to think back to the beginning of our conversation that day. You already told me? I did. Well, I have forgotten everything. Did I did I comment on it? Did I say it sucks? Not really. I I, I we were pretty distracted, but uh The Sims. Oh fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I yeah. remember. Specifically The Sims 4. Uh, it's not so, Sim, Sims isn't a real game. Let's be fucking honest. Oh, ouchie! I think there's a it's few a, listeners that are going to be. It's pretty a simulation. It's not it. a game. It's a simulation. <laughs> it's in um, the name. If you don't know, I don't know how long the sale is going on for. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, the sale is still going on. But all of the expansion packs are fifty percent off right now. Um, and oh, nice. It might be worth going to your local Walmart if you don't have the Sims Four Cats and Dogs expansion. Uh, I went to. My wife, Clarissa, found out that it was $4, normally $40. It was $4, 90% off at Walmart. And so I went there. It did not advertise a sale at all. It said full price, but I brought it up to the self-checkout and it said $4 when I checked out. Jesus. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So there's this, this website called BrickSeek, uh, and it basically is like it tracks inventory uh, for certain items across different stores and stuff. Uh, and it, it can tell you different prices and stuff. It's a really good tool to see if there's something in stock at a store 
um, that you're interested in a good tool for doing stuff like that. So she looked on Brickseek and, and confirmed it said $4 on there. Um, and even though it wasn't advertised in the store, when I scanned the, the UPC or whatever the hell, the, the barcode it said $4. So I was pretty hyped. So I guess we'll talk about Sims four real quick. Uh, because of the expansion packs and stuff, my wife's kind of been getting back into the Sims. I really like the building aspect of the Sims more than the actual playing of it. I like the playing of it too, but um, especially every time you get a new expansion pack, stuff pack, those kind of things, you get a lot more items to build with. And so that's really exciting for me. So going in and building a new house and doing all that kind of stuff. And we were playing last night, started probably around like eight o'clock at night. And then as I was kind of wrapping, I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel maybe it's time to end. I was like, okay, it's got to be like 1030. I've been playing for like two and a half hours. I looked at the clock. It's one in the fucking morning. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe I actually lost track of time. Uh, but we had the office on in the background. We each had our laptops playing The Sims. It was a great night. So I, I got many comments other than The Sims 4 is great. The Sims is always fun. You can do so much with it. You can kill people and be evil. You can make romance. You the custom content is insane like you can download content and game things from other people that create for it it's a huge community for it basically whatever you want it to be the sims 4 can be it dark souls exactly there's there's got to be something out there that's dark souls related for the sims i would be shocked if there's not shocked um so that that was that was game one. Game two, Hot Wheels Unleashed. Uh, I I spoke about it last week. My thoughts have not changed. I still think it is absolutely fantastic, worth the fifty dollars if you are into arcade racers, and doubly if you are into arcade racers and Hot Wheels cars. I'll, I'm going to do a review on Maxwell Lewis Gaming at some point, and I have a Hot Wheels collection that I really don't show to people because um, it's just kind of in storage, but I've got an absolute fuck ton of Hot Wheels cars. So I'm going to bring it out, showcase some of my favorite Hot Wheels cars and stuff. But the game, the difficulty progression, so I 100% completed the campaign now. And as you get towards the end, like the final races, it, there's time trials and races. The time trials are actually challenging where i was going in and like having to race and like you're doing multiple laps like just you're like just a second off the time every time and the 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 length of the track gets longer and more difficult so you have to be perfect for a longer period of time um where there's different difficult sections of a track that you have to get through and sometimes it's kind of rng too there are some tracks where it'll there'll be like this bridge that goes up and down and send you to a different part of the track. And one part of the track is a little bit faster. So if you don't hit that part of the track on that particular um, lap, I mean, your time's kind of fucked and uh, it's just, it's intense. It's fun. Looks amazing. High praise. Greatest racing game of all time. No. Okay. For those of you who listened to last week's podcast, Oliver is trolling. Forza. Horizon 4 currently is still my top racing game of all time. Probably soon to be overtaken by Forza Horizon 5. Hot Wheels Unleashed is fantastic, but it is, it is entirely different than it's it's not a strictly arcade racer like Hot Wheels is. So I had to poke fun though. He did. It's great. It's it's probably my oh, top I know arcade like racer of all time. Um but I know that it's not out. top of Forza. Yeah, not not on the top of Forza, so don't listen. Nothing's being in Forza. He's being blasphemous. Other than Forza. Uh-huh. I get it. Another another game 
uh, little joke, little, little pun, little there. reference little, little to the future, pun. huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that was a good little one, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, finally, uh, Hollow Knight. Uh, been playing a little bit. And I got frustrated. Uh, Oliver and I spoke off camera uh, about this, so I've calmed down uh, <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> basically, my, my, my gripe is I am not a pro gamer, and so... I get like to a point that seems too difficult and I won't push beyond it because I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just not supposed to be at this part. But in reality, if I had just pushed a little bit further, I'd probably unlock something that I need to unlock. So I just kept running into like the end of these worlds where there were things I needed to get past them and I couldn't figure out what those things were. Or I'd run into a section that was a little too difficult. I just kind of give up on it. Um, so it's mostly my fault. It seems like I'm on the right track. So I, I'll, I'll be okay. Um, but it's it's part of that ebb and flow for me of Hollow Knight, just trying to align my gaming style with a, a new type of game. So you're definitely on the right track. Yeah, you're you're very close. But I do think that like, especially, I mean, we both got lost in our first playthroughs. Well, I'm calling this your first playthrough. I do think that like, is, people's yeah. experience will just very drastically just based on like rng's is kind of taking the wheel you know like i'm sure there's plenty of people that'll be like well how did you get lost like i would never get lost um but like if you just like take the right turn at the right time right then you're just gonna go to the right area and if you miss that turn then you're gonna be exploring in the wrong place for a pretty long time um late game obviously not as big of a deal but like early game yeah if you don't if you don't realize that you can get to an area or something like that, yeah, you could be you could be stuck for a while. <laughs> I I have been finding more hidden areas though. Um and that that has been exciting. It's they are better hidden than they are in Ori. Um so therefore it is more exciting to find them. Um Ori was just kind of like you could just tell obviously that there was some part of the map that looked a little too like there was nothing there which meant there's probably something there. Um, but in Hollow Knight, they definitely do a really good job of like, not it, the, the whole map is kind of the similar design to it. I don't know how really to describe it, but it's much harder to tell where there's something different. Um, so that's been pretty exciting. And there's definitely lots of things that I can tell need a, an ability that I don't have yet, um, which gets me excited to kind of go back and explore through so i have been enjoying that it's not it's not all hate for you're Knight. excited for the metroidvania time i am when when it get 40 hours later when i get there yeah i don't think it'll be that long no i'm Maybe probably 39. i'm almost seven hours into the game i think right now so still very early but yeah you got you got a, a great road ahead of you at the well, we were talking about bosses. I I am by far, without a shoot of a do in my mind, excited to hear about your experience with the Watcher Knights. So that that's probably one of the more exciting bosses in the game, in my opinion. Humble, humble opinion. Humble, the opinion of a man who considers this game his top of all time. So an opinion to be taken seriously. I do like the game. That doesn't mean I have a good opinion, but I do like it. <laughs> hey, there's there's no such thing as a good or bad opinion. That's why it's an opinion, baby. Subjective. Mm. A lot of my friends would disagree with that. <laughs> when well, they that's hear their opinion. My mouth, they're like, <laughs> Whoa! How could you say that? 
I know. There's a tangent. There is too much like toxicity in the gaming community. And I've definitely been part of it for sure. Um, and probably still for some time. But like, I mean, people enjoy what they enjoy. It's freaking gaming, man. Like, just have fun playing the games you like to play. Just leave it at that, you know? Copacetic, bro. Yeah, I was thinking about, since I've been playing Dark Souls recently, I was thinking about why I wouldn't put a Soulsborne in my top, but I think the big thing about Hollow Knight is the, like, uh, accessibility of the game, in my opinion, is a big thing, too. And mm. thinking about, like, people coming into the game, you know? Like, Dark Souls, I have never viewed as a game for everyone, similar to, like, League, right? Like, it takes a certain type of idiot or masochist, however you want to describe it, right, to enjoy those games. And I think that Hollow Knight is something that, like, most, if not all, of the gaming community could probably enjoy um, and enjoy to a pretty good level. Like, I think it's, you know, well enough designs that, yeah, I think it's a pretty accessible game. Um, where, like, yeah, Dark Souls is just, like... I mean, you just got to want it, essentially, if you're going to play the game, right? Like, that's that's your yeah. motivator to get through it, because, like, the lore, it likes to keep pretty mysterious on the lore, and the gameplay is uh, smack you in the face and call you a little dumb-dumb, so, yeah, like, if you don't have the drive to play the game, then you're just never going to get through it. Speaking of, I guess I could talk about Dark Souls, unless you have more there to say about it. No, I'm wrapped up on <laughs> that, baby. myself perfectly. Perfectly. So you might as well talk about not Dark Souls. Exactly. Um, exactly. So Hot Wheels Unleashed, greatest racing game of all time. <laughs> Quote from me. Um, yeah, so Dark Souls has been fucking frustrating shit. I can tell you. <laughs> As I might have alluded to. Um, this being my third game that I've gone through. Or sorry, this is my fourth game in the Soulsborne series, right? I've beaten DS2, 3, and Bloodborne. Um, and yeah, this just feels... This feels by and large the most like it just got some of the most annoying like petty shit that just like bullshit for the sake of bullshittery um so like i got cursed i died from the curse uh ailment and then my health bar was just cut in half and i had no items in my inventory to undo the curse so there's one random ass vendor that i can spend six thousand souls at um to buy this item called the purging stone that'll get rid of the curse or i can Take this elevator located in a weird ass corner of the Fire Link Shrine, go all the way to the top, jump off of that onto a ledge that looks like you should not be walking on, go all the way to the top of that, pretend to be a baby egg, and then a crow picks you up and flies you back to the original area, and then you go to another egg's nest in that area, drop a firecrack skull, quit the game, reload into the game, and then you get two purging stones as a result. And I am like, how the absolute living fuck. Am I supposed to know <laughs> how to do that to get purging stones? And if you don't have 6,000 souls because your health is cut in half, so like almost every enemy is going to one shot you. So it's like the game is just like it like that type of shit is just like not that's not coach. That's not coach to me. So um, the is that like a, is that a bug? Is that a cheat? A secret? Like what is that fucking sequence of events to get two purging stones? No, it's it's intentionally built into the game. But that's like I don't get how you would know without looking that up, you know? Yeah. Like I mean, I guess when the game came out, you you got to just go on GameFAQs and <laughs> be searching the forums for that shit cuz yeah, I have no idea how you would have been able to figure that out. I mean, I could have 
ran around the different if if I didn't look it up, I could have just ran around the different vendors and uh probably found the purging stone and I probably would have just saved up souls for it. Um but yeah, shit like that. And then you also can't in this one you can't warp between bonfires like you can in the other Soulsborne games. Um you can much later. It sounds like I'll get like an item. But yeah, I I can't. So like every time that I have to go back to an area or I think I've gone to a wrong area cuz I fought a couple bosses now that um like I ran into Sif, the Great Wolf. And I was doing 50 damage to Sif, and from what 50 damage looked like, it would be about a 200-hit boss for me to kill. And it's like, <laughs> I am not going to be dodging for 200 fucking hits, especially <laughs> when I'm doing a Greatsword build, now Ultra Greatsword. So I can only do two attacks at a time anyways, even if, if they give me a long enough cooldown, because I use all my stamina for it. So, yeah, the shit like that, it's just like the quality of life improvements in Dark Souls 3, I am really appreciating after going back. And like, iframes in Dark Souls 3 is so generous. The iframes in Dark Souls is much tighter. Um, Like, there's definitely things like the bosses don't buff up. At least most of the bosses I fought so far don't have a second phase, essentially. So it's just one phase throughout the entire time. And it's very rewarding like me running around and then get to the side and smack them in the face. So I fought two bosses that I like struggled with really bad. And then when I just opened up the game yesterday, I beat them both first try. But it's like, yeah, it's it's a different tempo and not how I normally play, though I do think it lends itself to I am not an ultra great sword hoe. I do not like the big slow attacks, um, but I wanted to try to force myself to play like a build that I don't normally do. Um, but yeah, no, it's like it's I'm still enjoying it, but the tempo is definitely significantly slower and it is a lot more just like running around and baiting out attacks where I'm used to, especially in Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, but I would say Dark Souls 2 as well. Like I normally am just using my iframes and being right up on them and getting yeah. in the, the gritty gritty where the iframes are like a lot less forgiving in this. I feel like they just give you less iframes. I know in Dark Souls 3, they give you 13 iframes per roll. Um, I don't know if that is at 60 FPS or 30 FPS. But <laughs> <laughs> it's at 240, um, so it's like a split second of iframes. Uh, but yeah, it, there's there's definitely some gripes and like QOL stuff. I also, th- to upgrade your Estus Flask, you have to get these things. I think they're called like Firekeeper Souls. And I've definitely already picked two up and didn't realize that consuming them does not upgrade your estus flask because it says that it is used to upgrade your estus flask so i consumed both of them which gives me back it gives me a temporary boost i get humanity which will like i think either like increase my health until my next death and if i pick up my souls i get my humanity back some some shit like that i'm trying to like not look up much stuff with this game if i can avoid it um but i've already consumed two firekeeper souls out of the seven that i can get so my Estus Flask are just going to be little baby Estus Flask. It already takes me two Estus Flasks to get back to full health, and you only get five from a bonfire. So it's like, uh, th- yeah, there's just shit like that that's just like, I this, this playthrough would be much easier if I was reading even just a little bit, you know, just like some basic in-game stuff that it's different enough from DS2, 3, and Bloodborne that like I am getting lost in what I'm supposed to be doing. Bloodborne healing mechanic is a little bit different, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been frustrating. I'm still enjoying my playthrough, but th- there's been some shit like that that's like 
boss's movesets seem much lower. Like I said, they don't have a buff phase. And then all of this bullshit, like me getting cursed, me consuming two of my Estes Flask upgrades, like those are like really big upgrades, in my opinion, when I'm traveling through the game. So knowing that I'm going to have to fight like Ornstein and Smo, probably the most legendary boss in the entire Dark Souls series, with a little bitch Estes Flask, <laughs> I'm going a, I'm to a fucking die like a million times against those guys. So. It's going to make victory that much sweeter. I know it's gonna it's gonna feel great. There there is so many very very well regarded bosses from this game, so I am very excited. Ornstein and Simone, I think Artorius is the other one. Those are gonna be those are gonna be some shoosh shoosh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. So yeah, there's my there's my quick little gripe session about how I just need to get good and stop consuming Firekeeper Souls like I did last night. <laughs> I thought I really fucked up my game. I don't know why. I was just like, uh, I ran into this woman and I was like, I never kill NPCs. I'm pretty sure you can kill NPCs, so I'm just going to kill her. And I killed her, and then the merchant that's standing right next to her got pissed at me and then started trying to kill me. Um, And then I tried resting at the bonfire, but since I killed the firekeeper that's right there, can't rest at the bonfire anymore, so... (laughs) Damn. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I don't think I fucked myself too bad, but the the Estes flask c- consumption, the upgrade that that's that's probably got me the most tilted, and the curse getting that purging stone was absolutely fucking ridiculous. So, how does the the curse work? Is that like a particular enemy or boss? Like, does that happen in every playthrough? Do you run the risk of getting cursed again? I guess. I definitely run the risk. I got, I have one extra, I got a backup purging stone in the back pocket, so I'll be good for round two, baby. Um, I don't think I can trade with, the owl's name that you trade with is Snuggly. Uh, I don't think I can trade with Snuggly to get more purging stones, but again, like, once I figured it out, I stopped reading about Snuggly, because I'm trying to keep it au naturel. Um... (laughs) But yeah, no, I think just certain enemies will curse you. And I don't think it's 100% if you die from curse, because curse has always been an instant kill in the game. And normally they use it very, very sparsely in games, like very few enemies. Though in this game, it seems like a lot more enemies are afflicting curse. But yeah, if you die from curse, I think you just have the chance to come back cursed. And then, um, yeah, you're just half health for the rest of the game. And since it's from enemies, you could theoretically get cursed as many times as you want to. I also got egg-headed. I didn't... This this enemy will, like, throw a sack of eggs on your head so you can no longer wear a helmet. And I was trying to figure out how to get rid of that before I was going to bed. And... So, again, what? looking it up. <laughs> and it, I, there's a fucking false wall that I didn't realize was there that you have to roll into to go behind this hidden wall to go talk to this guy to be able to get the egg-head thing. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's the only person that sells the the egghead removal item. So when I he's the merchant that got pissed at me that I killed. So I only have <laughs> oh, no. he drops he drops two more. I already debuffed, but I only have two more for the rest of my playthrough. So hopefully I don't get eggheaded. I the egghead takes half of your souls. So I killed a boss with the egghead on and only got ten thousand instead of twenty thousand souls. So I've also lost another level at least. Ooh um so yeah i'm just making a bunch of bronzy mistakes i guess so i've been thinking about a lot uh uh purple misfit was asking about Soulsborne games right and I was, yeah. i've been thinking a lot about what i'd recommend and i originally recommend dark souls one i i'm thinking dark souls one still but there is quite a few uh, pieces of like bullshit in the game that is making it kind of frustrating but i feel like dark souls 3 though that run felt pretty easy to me 
in comparison to other games. I do think that Dark Souls 3 seems like it would be fucking horrible if you have not played a Dark Souls game yet. Like, I mm. think that it's easy because I've already played a Dark Souls game, but if I was going in with no experience, Dark Souls 3 would... I mean, like, literally within the first 10 minutes of the game, you're fighting a boss that I know... I've read people that have been like, I died 75 times to Udex Gundyr um, before I killed him. And it's like, yeah, well, if you don't know how to use your iframes reliably, you're just gonna die. You're gonna die a lot. <laughs> or parry. So, I'm... I'm a when I when I beat Demon Souls, I'm definitely gonna take a long a long walk in the woods and think about if someone wanted to get in the Soulsborne series, what game would I recommend? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get into it. That's the recommendation. That's Save what I yourself. say about League. Yeah, I tell people to not play League when they're like, "Should I download it?" Fuck no, you shouldn't. <laughs> Terrible life decision. Well, so yeah, Dark Souls gripe complete. I just need to get good, audience. You can tell me. It's okay. It's all right. Audience who doesn't play Dark Souls games. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, all of those built-in things were super, super obvious. And I should have just known. To be fair, the Fallout Wall at least is a little bit forgivable because people write with a soapstone on the ground so you can read messages from other people so if you take the time to read them normally people in game will like walk you to areas um but even that like sometimes i don't like reading those because yeah they'll give you like hints that would just like sometimes it feels it feels the same as like looking up a guide at that point when you're getting advice from other people with the writing on the floor literally (laughs) yeah and i mean sometimes they'll they'll mess with you too right like they'll Mm -hmm. give you bad advice yeah but there's a rating system so like really like good uh, useful advice will normally go up the the and especially in dark souls 3 the ones that were bad advices were like so obvious like it would be a cliff that drops off into the literal abyss and the hint would be try jumping (laughs) (laughs) and then there would be a blood stain right next to it of someone jumping off (laughs) and you'd be like hmm sounds good bro Yeah, I, the bloodstains are always pretty funny. I don't know how you get one to save if it's intentional or not, but like most people know what they're doing, so they'll like wave at you and then commit Sudoku. Like it is a very <laughs> intentional. Like I am dying for the sake of leaving this bloodstain here. God, what a community! What a what a what a, what a fucking community! Fucking bro. Well, does that mean it is time to crown? This week's winners for soundtrack. Sure. Oh, I do also have one other thing. So the boss, the last boss I fought, his name was Ceaseless Discharge, which Gross. is a disgusting name. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure originally his name was Unending Relief of Load, and I think his name got changed to Ceaseless Discharge, which I do not know who thought of that name. <laughs> Both. But are God awful. bless your soul. <laughs> I don't know which is worse. I just don't know how you can even put <laughs> relief of load in a boss name and not think about the implications of <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he does breathe a lot of fire at your face, but he is yeah, relieving his fire. his fiery his fiery load. <laughs> but yeah, what what god awful names? I, that 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 has to be the worst name in the entire Soulsborne series by far. Just name it. Just name it Tim or something at that point. Like I'd much rather a Tim boss, even though that would make no sense in the Dark Souls universe. Yeah, at least you won't have nightmares about it. <laughs> of unending reliefs of loads. Yeah. 
Okay. You want to you want to run you want to run Bracky first? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do I? Oops. That's not what I wanted to do. I know how to do this. I know things. That's so so bright. All right. So, what what I propose to do for this bracket moving forward is we're not going to release the full bracket until we have gone through the first round. So nobody except us will know the, all the games on our top 16 until we finish the first bracket. I'm cool with that. All Though right. one of the games I have today is probably one of the more sussy on the list, but I was getting real stressed trying to think of top, so I, 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 it, was a, it was a little bit of a safety pick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I we can always fall back on the idea that, like, in achieving our top video game soundtrack, we can almost guarantee that's on the list. <laughs> We're not, like, missing a game that would have won on our on our thing. It's just, like, when you start getting... But the, the problem is, too, like, top 16, it's it's right in that realm of there. there's a lot of really strong contenders that it, it's kind of difficult to, to pick, too. Like, Oh, this is going to be miserable. This is... I picked this one because I knew it was going to be an easy matchup. That's yeah, start off soft. Up. I like it. So, yeah, do you know what's going to win for me? <sighs> Blasphemous. Well, oh, so your awesome. games are what? Hollow Knight and Undertale is what you're yeah, going to do today. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, the listeners, viewers don't know. Um, oh, I guess the, the title tells you. Yeah, but my games are Blasphemous and Dead Cells, which are two indie titles. I think we we decided to stick with the indie nation theme for today's soundtrack selection. Um, exactly so so um when we when we get to yours i'll I'll tell you what my prediction is after i'll tell you right away once we get to yours actually no i'll just tell you right now i think blasphemous (laughs) is going to be your choice um okay i feel pretty strongly about that so between my two hollow knight and undertale what's your straight off the bat prediction uh I feel like you're going to pick Undertale. Um, Adam said if you don't pick what he would pick, he's going to be very upset with you. <laughs> going back <laughs> that, to the that is always That is always the case. <laughs> so that, That's what uh, makes discussion beautiful, though. When you disagree, it's more exciting. When everyone picks the same things, has the same opinions, that's boring. You know? So I revel I in the fact HK. that I disagree. Um, but... Yeah, I know you would pick HK. That's easy dub there for you. Well, also fuck Undertale. <laughs> game sucks. <laughs> this is a soundtrack discussion, not a game discussion. But that, that brings up an interesting point. Like what what how are we going to determine which soundtrack wins? Are we talking about how the soundtrack blends with the game? Are we talking about the soundtrack musically on its own? Are we talking about how the game was with the soundtrack, there's so many different options, and I think we'll probably continue to change our minds throughout the course of this bracket. Um, but who wins for me is very dependent on what I am judging on. Yeah, I don't know as it stands right now which game is going to win. Um, but let let's just go ahead and start. So, Hollow Knight, uh, the soundtrack composed and performed by Christopher Larkin. Um, we already know Hollow Knight Team Cherry, incredibly small team, 
Um, and I would describe the Hollow Knight soundtrack. So I listened to both the Hollow Knight and Undertale soundtracks in full this week um, to get a back to back to get a really good taste of what both of them are. And Hollow Knight, for me, seems to complement the game better than Undertale. Hollow Knight is a very environmental, ambiance-focused soundtrack um, mm. to, to when you're in a different area fighting a different boss. It sets mm. the mood. It sets the stage really well. Undertale, on the other hand, is a better standalone soundtrack. Like, if you never played Undertale, didn't even know what the game was about, and it, same with Hollow Knight, I think most people would prefer Undertale would be my my guess. Now, it's different because Undertale is kind of in that like 8, 16-bit, like very retro arcade game style, um, which is certainly a choice. And Hollow Knight is much more of a modern, like using a lot of different symphonic instruments and um, modern sound. It's not 8-bitty at all. Um, so they're two very different styles. But for me... The Undertale soundtrack kind of being in that like arcade bit style music. Definitely I, I made a note that it kind of reminds me of some of the old like arcade racing games. Um just kind of the, the there are certain some up upbeat songs and stuff in it that kind of have this very driving force and can be very exciting. Hollow Knight. Yeah, it just Hollow Knight is a perfect soundtrack for the game Hollow Knight. And so I, I know, yeah, I'm jumping around the a lot. The game. Yeah, it 100%. So I, I wrote down, I, I had a column for each of my games to come up with what like my top song is um, as I'm going through this. Hollow Knight Mantis Lords was by far, in a way, my favorite song from the game. It is an absolute banger. Um, Undertale. I had five songs <laughs> and I could not choose between them. And that might give you a hint as to like the way I'm leaning as it stands. But by the time I'm done talking about this, who knows what's going to happen. Um, there was a song in Undertale called Ghost Fight. And the way that oh, I should probably, I didn't even talk about um, Toby Fox, who developed the game Undertale Toby. and the entire soundtrack. All Toby. Uh, so that that's pretty crazy. Um, but the way Toby used the different sounds, especially in this restricted like 8 or 16-bit environment of sound, to create this kind of ghost sound as you are listening to the song um, was just wicked cool. And similarly, I think Mantis Lords in Hollow Knight does a really good job of like the very fast staccato musical style um that is very much like the fighting style of the mantis enemies you fight when you're down there um and so i think both of them are probably really good frames of kind of what the the songs try to do in the soundtracks of the game try to do undertale has a lot of different bosses and a lot of the bosses have their own music and probably the most famous or infamous undertale song is megalovania and it's the song I, I think most people know if you're familiar with Undertale. If you know any song from the game, you probably know that. And it is a fucking banger. 10,000. Um, it is a club banger. Club banger, my goodness. 
So that's a very disjointed discussion of both of the soundtracks. I highly recommend listening to both of them. I think they're fantastic. I, I texted Oliver when I was listening to the Hollow Knight soundtrack. I was already getting nostalgic for it. I am still like maybe a quarter, not even a quarter of the way through the game. And listening to the soundtrack, I was like, oh, man, it's just bringing back these memories of Hollow Knight. And I'm like, you know, this is feeling great. I'm liking this. I'm digging this. Um, but the gameplay, Undertale is not a game I would ever play. I watched Oliver play it. It's not the, the type of game that I am, I am that into. I liked the style of it. I think Toby Fox did an amazing job developing the game. I loved the witty humor in it. I loved the the general storyline of it i love the style the environment i really do like how the music complements it it's just not a game i would play hollow knight normally wouldn't be a game i would play but it is much more up my alley and so it's like where like i said undertale i think is a better standalone soundtrack hollow knight i think complements the game better so it kind of comes down to how am I going to judge? How are you waiting? How how am I how am I doing this? This is top video game soundtrack, so you would think you'd put some more weight on how it complements the actual game itself. Um, at the same time, there were so many songs in Undertale where I just I was listening to it, and they're just they're all club bangers, nine thousand. And I remember watching Oliver play it and listening to the music, and I was like, I cannot believe how much this music slaps. And for that reason, Undertale is my winner this week. Adam is upset. And I didn't fucking knew you were going to pick this for sure. I felt like there was, I don't, I know, I know you think it was close. I don't, I don't think it was close. <laughs> it, I think, I think when you hear, uh, Megalovania or whatever that track's called, your, your hands are up in the air, the booty's shaking. I mean, to be fair, my hands are in the air. My, my booty's shaking. Yeah, and th- th- that's not the only song. That is definitely the, the most popular song of Undertale. But it's just, it, I think it it's was a- close for me because I wasn't sure how I was going to judge it. But once I got back and remembered watching you play and like the first time I was introduced to the soundtrack and I couldn't believe it and then listening to it this week and I was bopping the entire time to so many songs. And it's not just all upbeat songs. He, he does a really good variety um of of moods uh with the music and another critique i had of the hollow knight soundtrack is once i got about halfway through listening to the original soundtrack it to me the rest of the song sounded the same i didn't get nearly as much variety in my opinion again opinion um from the music as i did from undertale there seemed to be much more variety much more intrigue but yeah just the way the undertale soundtrack made me feel instantly when I was like that, the second I heard it, I was like, "This is already going to be a top soundtrack for me." Um, yeah, that that feeling that's hard to capture. So that's why Undertale wins for me. Proud of you. Yeah, I'm sorry to Hollow Knight. That that's the 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 thing with the the top sixteen soundtracks. Let me do apologize. We're we're already Just started with the, the painful trash. eliminations in the trash, baby. Yeah, doing the soundtrack. Uh, so like Adam had suggested, we go back with the top 50 games and try and come up with a ranking. Doing that for the soundtracks will also be very interesting. Because um, Hollow Knight getting eliminated first round, it hurts, but it's going to hurt for all of these games. And I think coming up with a ranking, I think Hollow Knight would be higher than a first round elimination would suggest. That's fair. 
because it should be our number one. I don't <laughs> think it'd be my number one, but it is. It is a good soundtrack. Um. Okay. Well, I guess I'll painfully eliminate one game. I have no idea what I'm going to pick. Um. <laughs> All right. So I'm talking about Blasphemous by Carlos Viola. Ah, uh, yes, um, I'm the probably, violinist. <laughs> I'm probably butchering names here. And uh, Dead Cells by Yoan Lalan. I just wanted to <laughs> say it so it arrived. I'm again pretty sure. One's Spanish and one's French, man. I can't. I'm. I'm only. I only speak that American. You know what I'm saying, brother? Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Both of them. Well, they both definitely have their own. Own, own vibes but they are one they're both very good at complementing the game they're definitely much less standalone i i would say that blasphemous stands alone a little bit better um but i also just liked blasphemous a lot and literally beat it twice and i've thought about beating it again because <laughs> i enjoy it um a fair a fair deal so i think i think blasphemous stands out a little bit better as a individual listen but blasphemous is also like it i think it does a good job with the ambient side of things or like saying how it like blends with the game there's like a lot of the game's kind of creepy and design and art style and like very intentionally so and i really think that he did a good job of like capturing that creepy nature and the ominous nature that's just kind of looming the whole time in blasphemous um which yeah it's like it's it has a lot of like acoustic guitar um and yeah I, i'm losing my train of thought because i'm a dummy but yeah it, i i think it captures it, it captures like the vibe of the game really well and i just i feel like i haven't heard a soundtrack it, it came kind of like out of the left field for me when i was listening to the soundtrack like i just wasn't expecting the the vibrations that were heading into my eardrums at that time um even like from the start of the game like i think I think it's a very unique soundtrack. I can't think of a game that comes close to it where I, I feel like Dead Cells is a little bit more expected for a roguelike. Dead Cells definitely likes to keep the pace up in a lot of the songs yeah. uh, because it is kind of, well, I mean, roguelike, you're going to be playing a bunch. You want a good soundtrack in it, right? And it definitely does deliver. It is, I've listened to both soundtracks a good amount outside of, um, I probably listened to both soundtracks at least 10 times, if not more, um, all the way through. And like, I still listen to them while I'm working uh for dead cells my song has to be the merchant though if if we're doing top songs um it is a slow and gritty club banger i mean it just really takes the booty to the floor when you listen to it it is probably one of it's probably one of the less exciting songs but i don't know why every single time i got to the merchant shop i was just I was tearing, tearing it up every single time. Something about that song just makes me want to really, really break it down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Black, or, or sorry, Dead Cells definitely it keeps up the pace. I'd say it's a little less like unique in terms of the soundtrack, but it fucking delivers reliably. And I do, I do like it's like fast to match gameplay, but not like aggressive and annoying either, right? Like it still yeah. blends in very well. Um, a lot of the music's like really drum driven but not again it's just like it's not obnoxious i think it it fits really well with the game and the type of gameplay that you're going to get in a roguelike so um i should also say for blasphemous i'd probably have to do arpeggio and okra probably saying that wrong 
I don't. Okra is a word. Isn't that like a vegetable or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's ochre. Ochre. It's O C R E. Oh, okay. All the names are in Spanish, so. But I think okra is a name. Okra? I don't. It's not okra. I'm going to. I'm gonna, I'm ditching okra. It's okra. <laughs> Final answer. Um, we smart. So, it's all right. We smart. Yeah. The, the arpeggio song is just like. It's like this like Spanish styled acoustic guitars coming in and very calm relaxing but also got that hint of mystery in it and then single guitar line comes in and you're like oh i'm gonna die (laughs) that's exactly my thought every single time i listen to it um yeah i would if you want to listen to the soundtracks i would definitely recommend arpeggio and ochre and then probably like prisoner's awakening would be a good one that if you actually want to listen to like a dead cells song and not the merchant because the merchant you'd be like why the fuck did you pick this but i gotta pick it i love the merchant <laughs> gotta um so yeah i i am you were correct on your prediction i'm i picked blasphemous because i've listened i listen to that soundtrack way too much we know way, each other way man. too much it's all right. We just know each other too well. That's too. They, these matchups are too easy, man. Dude, this too soundtrack easy. bracket's not even going to be hard. But yeah, I yeah, I had a little hesitation about the Dead Cell soundtrack, but like the more I've been thinking about it, it 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 it, it delivers hard. It slaps. I think it's a it's a it's a fair contender to say the least. Hmm. Blasphemous. I think I feel like I'd probably get more criticized for picking Blasphemous, but I I just think it I think it's unique. I think a lot of people would be like, "Why the fuck did you pick it?" But I, I really love the soundtrack in that game. So, yeah, and fuck, unique fuck is, is hard to get, especially in this industry lately. It's like, oh, what game are we remastering now? Yeah, oh. <laughs> Dark oh, Souls. We can't come. We can't improve GTA Five. We can't even announce GTA Six. But we're gonna go back and remaster the old ass GTA games. Which I mean, hey, those games are definitely due for a remaster. So. I, I'm not too upset about that, but my God, the number of remasters and everything coming out, like it's fun to a certain point, but it seems to be at the detriment of newer games, which is sad. Terrible. The worst. Until Thor Ragnarok comes out. Exactly. Um, I do find that when, when I was thinking of games to pick and a wee bit of a tangent after my terrible explanation of both soundtracks, um, little, little self punch there. Uh, I do. I don't know if I want to include games like um, I know we've talked about like GTA five and then I mean, like Fallout three or New Vegas would obviously be a contender for me. But those those games take songs from like the world, right? It's like a compilation of songs that they think fit what the game is going for a little less for GTA. I mean, GTA, you get to choose your adventure with the radio, and you have like a quintillion options. That radio is ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> um, with how many channels that they have. But I just feel like I, I don't. Part of me feels like I shouldn't be putting those on there because, like, comparing someone just picking a compilation for a game versus like Koji Kondo just absolutely slaying it on literally everything he touches and creating everything from scratch. Like that, that to me is just. Yeah, I feel like it shouldn't be comparable, but some of those soundtracks are like like Fallout soundtrack. Like people know and people talk about the Fallout soundtrack, especially when it first came out. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, they're playing like oldies on the radio while you're blasting heads up. This is crazy." <laughs> I don't know why everyone that plays Fallout is talking like this. <laughs> um, 
so yeah i it's it's gonna be interesting trying to figure out like what i want on there i definitely am gonna have to keep thinking about it because to me like fallout 3 soundtrack and new vegas like everyone fucking loves but it is a compilation album essentially right like yeah they just pick stuff that they thought fit with it that's that's also part of the reason why I want to only unveil songs as we're going to discuss them, because I've already made a couple changes to my bracket. Um, so I mentioned, I think, last week that Need for Speed Underground 2 is on there. I took it off the list for that very reason, that it's a compilation of songs. And I think that a lot of people, especially in the Need for Speed community, think the Underground soundtracks and Most Wanted are bonkers amazing. Um, but that's it's it's for the vibe of the game but it's not an original soundtrack and maybe i will or will not throw something on there it's not an original soundtrack but underground 2 is a little bit too on the nose so i replaced it with something else um and it's partially be- to find out exactly it's partially because of adam's comment on our last video where he listed a bunch of songs he hopes to see on there um and i was actually reminded of one or two i was like you know what forgot about that i should put it on the list so um thank you adam we can agree on some things sometimes <laughs> it's possible not many but it not is many, possible. but sometimes but sometimes um so with that i guess i'll i'll quickly mention what games i'm going to talk about next week i don't know if you know what your games are going to be uh yet but for me i will be pitting halo 2 versus doom 2016 Yet another wild, wild one. Yeah, that one. That's just brutal, dude. That's just I, brutal. I I don't know. I keep thinking, oh, that one, and then no, that one. I'm gonna have to listen to him back to back and just just see. I, I I think I know where I, where I'm going, but we'll see. I think I got to do the absolute blood curdling battle of the century and pit. Super Mario 64 versus Ocarina of Time and just a Koji Kondo bloodbath. Two Koji Kondos coming to the helm. One's trying to Goomba stomp and one has a little baby sword. That's spicy. That's I like that spice. Yeah, that that one's gonna be that one's honest. It's just gonna be unpleasant. The whole experience is gonna be uh, listening to the soundtrack will be great, but talking about them is just gonna be unpleasant. Because I just I'm gonna have that looming fear knowing that one of these has to die. And one of them has to be crowned victorious. In order for Koji Kondo to win, Koji Kondo's got to lose. <laughs> it's a metaphor for life. Uh, what baby. a ridiculous notion. Uh, Another soundtrack that I, because I was also wondering if I should put, because like you haven't played Undertale, right? You just like watched me play. Um, yep. Maybe you watch it outside of that. I wasn't sure whether or not I should do that, but I had a similar experience with final fantasy um well one of my mm. last roommates was playing the remake of seven yeah and i was like i don't know if i should put games i haven't played on there i mean i was listening to final fantasy seven soundtrack last night and that shit goes ape shit i was like even when i was watching them it was similar to your undertale i was just like damn this soundtrack is insane like um yeah i don't think i don't think i'm like gonna filter out games just because I haven't played them. And I think that's a fair crit. Like, you can still listen to the soundtrack. And especially if you watch gameplay, I think that's a, a larger thing. I don't think if you, like, just listen to Undertale soundtrack or, or I just listen to Final Fantasy VII, then I think it'd be weird to be putting it on there. Because yeah. then you're just rating it for, like, how much do you enjoy the music? Like a compilation album. 
Exactly. But like, yeah, with, with Undertale, I could see how the songs complemented the different fights and how they alluded some things. So at least having the context of the game to put him in, I think is probably a fair bare minimum. Um, yeah. To to include the game. But I'm trying to think if I look at the the rest of my list that I have right now. I have played and beaten every single game on here. Except for Undertale. Undertale's the only one I haven't, so. You haven't beaten Hollow Knight. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair point. There's actually a couple games I technically haven't. Actually, there's a fair number of games I haven't technically completed. I've never beaten GTA. That's why it's not going on my list. (laughs) I barely got it through. Actually, I guess I got through the second heist. There's only three major heists in GTA, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, not bad. I got to the submarine heist. Hell yeah. Who you want to switch over to Decky real quick? Tech news, yeah. So that's that's the exciting content. So we somehow fit the the main content of our podcast under the hour limit. So y'all are free to go. Time to go over. Yeah, if if you don't want to listen to tech news, but I think there's some interesting stuff to talk about. So you actually have some stuff to talk about, Oliver. So I'm yeah, for you once go in my life. Go. I know I never have things to talk about. Uh, well, I'll do the world's update. Um. So last week was quarterfinals, and by the time I updated you guys through the um, Chinese versus Chinese match, which was like RNG versus Edward Gaming, who moved on, and then I forgot what the other match was, if I'm being totally honest, because one week is too long for my little pea brain to recall what happened. But either way, Mad Lions were going up against Amwon Kia literally as we were recording the podcast. And they got Giga, Chad, Stompy, Bompy, leaving Damwon still to be defeated in Worlds, literally, the entire time. Um, and then Cloud9 went up against Gen G, or Generation G Gaming, um, or maybe just Generation Gaming. I think it is Gen G Gaming, though, <laughs> which is troll, because it's definitely Generation Gaming Gaming. Um yeah, the Cloud9 also got stopped. So all the Western teams were out as of last week, and I was just in a pit of despair and depression because three um, Korean teams moved on and one Chinese team of Edward Gaming Gaming <laughs> stick with it, uh, moved on. So yesterday, uh, T1 versus Damwon. Everyone expecting T1 to get 3-0'd. Some people, some people expecting a good series. Crazy series. Went to five. Um, whoever wow. won that series, that would that was gonna be who I predicted to win worlds by like a, a pretty large margin. And T one up, two one, series getting tight, going into game four. Damn Wan manages to pull out a win. And then going into game five, uh well Damn Wan won the series, but Faker was just there was some plays where it felt like Faker was trying to legacy play uh if you will and just pull out the most chat thing out of his pocket and um definitely they were just feeling the pressure a lot of a lot of plays from t1 fell flat but it was it was an incredibly exciting series the last game was a a wee bit of a stomp um just in the sense that i feel like t1 couldn't get anything done but the picks were crazy that series that was a really fun one to watch so if you want to watch Top tier League of Legends. That would be the one I recommend. Top and tier. then right now, EDG versus uh, Gen G, my the gaming gaming squad. Um, they're on game five. I don't know who wins. I am going to literally watch it as soon as we're done with this recording. So, 
I'll let you know next week. And oh, then yeah. updates to Phasmophobia out the fucking wazoo. Unbelievable updates, honestly. Added a whole new map, and the gameplay is way, 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 way better. Um, ghosts can do fake hunts now, which is terrifying because when normally when your flashlight starts blinking or one of your device's screen starts flickering on and off you just know to shit your pants and run as fast as humanly possible because a ghost is coming to kill you um but it can just start doing that for like 10 seconds randomly and it's not actually hunting so you're just running away and losing sanity and wasting time um when the ghost isn't even actually hunting you and you should really be like up where you think the ghost is trying to collect um information they've also giga nerfed the thermometer um it used to be like you'd walk into the house or wherever you are with the thermometer find the room that's the coldest and then put literally all your gear there because 100 percent of the time that's where the ghost is and you can no longer do that which i really enjoy they've upped the difficulty a lot the ghost is hunting a lot more the ghost can actually hunt on the easiest difficulty which it pretty much couldn't fucking hunt even if i was like cussing it out and telling it that it's mother stupid um <laughs> could not get that thing to fight me at all so yeah just a, a lot a lot of quality of life improvements and the new map is a campsite which has been really fun to mess around with and a lot of good balancing changes to i think make the game just much more enjoyable for people to play and a much more reasonable difficulty because a big complaint i had for a long time was just the game is so slow and like on beginner mode you just can't get it to hunt and it's like if there is no threat then the, there is no there's like it's not a game at that point you're just like yeah. throwing crap on the floor and seeing if it's going to write in the book right there's no there's no like looming fear of failure so it's just always a win um which is uh, boring you know but they, they've actually upped the difficulty quite a bit and i think it it's i'm surprised they're still patching it but i think it is it's definitely now a game that i would recommend to people especially if they want a little party horror game and fun fact uh slender man is in the campsite um an Easter egg you can find. He changes locations, but uh, oh yeah, the 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 one of the masks too is at the campsite. If you walk it down the dock, I forgot what the name is. It's I'm terrible with classic cereal. Oh, like Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Jason's some, some mask, crap, like, like the hockey mask. Yeah, I think I think yeah, Jason's mask is in the water. If you walk up, you like look down and you can see it floating in the water. Yeah, because he's, so, yeah, he's from the the lake. Is kind of like his origin story. He, I think he yeah. drowned and died at a lake, if I remember correctly, when he was camping at a camp, some summer so, camp. Yeah, really, really good updates. And yeah, they definitely, I, I, I like the little addition of Easter eggs like that too, that, you know, no reason to put them in. I mean, you're not getting any gameplay out of them. It, it's really just service to either if you want to, you know, show some love and respect for classic horror titles or, uh, or yeah, just like entertain the, the, uh, the audience. I mean, you would assume in a horror game, audience likes horror. Yeah, that's a fair assumption. And it's Halloween, so. baby. Perfect, Perfect time, time to play and buy. 15 bucks on Steam. That's all I got. I'm done. Cool. That's hype, though. I Someday, I might play Phasmophobia. If I ever finish Hollow Knight, perhaps. 21, 21. Hell yeah, baby. Um, so my update. So last week I forgot to mention. So the Xbox or Microsoft, I should say, but the Xbox team actually created a mini fridge that they sold. And the the story behind it was when the Xbox Series X was released, there were a lot of memes going around 
that it looked like a fridge. And so Microsoft played into it. They're good sports, at least on the social media team. They're like, haha, yeah, it looks like a fridge. And they actually created a full size fridge and gave it to certain influencers. I think Snoop Dogg even got one, if I remember correctly. Um, but that was like a limited, just gave it to a few influencers to kind of be a part of it. Um, but then they were like, in this competition with Skittles, I don't know what the exact competition was, but it was a social media where people go and vote. It was like Skittles versus Xbox. And Xbox is like, hey, if we win this competition, will actually make an Xbox Series X mini fridge. And Xbox won the competition, and so they created an Xbox Series X mini fridge. And I mentioned it two podcasts ago that the pre-orders would go live on October 19th. Um, And they did. And they sold out within 30 seconds. But somehow, my miraculous luck of getting a PS5 at launch continued to play out. And I was able to secure a pre-order for the xbox series x mini fridge and they're they're due to ship in december so get ready i'll be talking more about it on the podcast i'll do an episode or a video on maxwell lewis gaming talking about it but i'm super hyped for it um i don't need an xbox because i have a pc and all i pretty much only care about the new games they're all coming out on pc as well as xbox it's one ecosystem now so now i can actually say i have the collection of a nintendo switch the ps5 and an xbox series x in the form of a fridge but the reviews uh for the fridge on target are absolutely great runs gta 5 and 4k 120 fps 10 out of 10 (laughs) if you put one of the older xbox 360 discs in it it'll keep the games freezing cold this person worth it the design wise was great you don't even have it. They haven't even shipped it. How are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Already worth it. Don't hundred dollars. Bye bye. Don't care. It's worth it, baby. Uh, yeah, I I'm hyped for you. It, if if I could have gotten it, I would have. But I'm not lucky like you are. Now, to be fair, they so Microsoft did come out and say there will be more available. So when it actually releases in December, you'll be able to find them physically in Target stores. So Target is the U.S. store that they've uh, teamed up with. So there, it likely won't be just like a limited one-time chance to get it. There will be more stock coming both online and in-store. So don't lose all hope um, if you were really Hope's interested lost. in getting one. Um, if you like Target... Who doesn't love Target? Uh, go check them out. Keep up to date on that kind of stuff. We'll try to keep you updated here on the Mo Video Games Podcast. But I think we learned there. I'm pretty hyped about that. I'm assuming um, the USB port on the front works. Otherwise, that would be salty. It does. Yeah, it, it has charging um, capabilities from it. So Chad. Chad.tv. Super Activated. Chad. Um, there is a... I'm trying to think, just looking at my other news, like what's really worth talking about. So there's a game that kind of seems to be almost like a 3D version of Among Us. It's called First Class Trouble. And it's basically you're on what appears to be like a cruise or something like that. And you're you're walking around trying to accomplish these tasks. And one of the people is actually the enemy and is trying to kill and sabotage um so it's essentially kind of like a 3d version of among us the gameplay seems kind of similar to that going around accomplishing tasks seems pretty cool and it's going to be a playstation plus game for november so if you have a playstation it's a game you're potentially interested in maybe don't have playstation plus or if you do 
make sure you grab it, check it out. It seemed kind of cool. Will I have time to play it? Probably not. But I thought I'd let other people know in case they want to get the chance to, to check it out. Um, Far Cry 6 has been emailing players who stopped playing and basically giving them shit, basically saying that they, they've given up on the island. And uh, it's they're kind of comical emails saying like, oh, only three hours of playtime. Is that the best you can do? And all this kind of stuff. And it's not unheard of for companies to do this, especially if you sign up for like the Ubisoft, like emails and subscriptions and stuff, which is very easy to do inadvertently when you're just signing up for certain accounts and all that kind of stuff. So for some people, it may not be something you want. You can opt out of those types of emails. Um, But I think for the most part, I think people are kind of finding it pretty hilarious and, and great. Uh, So I thought that was a fun little, little cheeky, way to get people to back into the game it's kind of ridiculous that they're like just spamming emails at you to go back and play the game but i don't know i think it is pretty funny though i respect it yeah the the way they went about it i think is smart and and having like el presidente the main antagonist of the game basically like thanking you for like leaving the island to him um take over like it's a I think it's it's a clever marketing campaign. I think it's it's going to be divisive. Some people absolutely hate it, but for me, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. And then Halo Infinite had a campaign trailer and a PC um, trailer uh, where they kind of talked about some details, and so basically confirmed Halo Infinite is going to be an open world campaign. And that has me very worried Um, because it definitely seems to be going the route of kind of the far cry, like open world. There's a base you need to go destroy, all that kind of stuff, which I mean, most open world games have those kind of mechanics, but it's kind of getting old. And for traditional fans of Halo, I think it's going to be a little jarring. I think some people are really going to like it. And I think it's it's cool that they're going in a different direction and they might do it really well. It may not be like other open world games. I obviously haven't played it, but I'm I'm a little worried. I guess is is what I'll say about it. I will see the game looks great. All the criticisms they had last year when they decided to delay it for a year because the game looked terrible seems to have pretty much been solved. The game looks awesome. Um, Should actually be coming out again. It will not be launching with campaign co-op. So just I've talked about it before. That's another kind of concerning thing. Like why why are they releasing it without one of the main features that people love about the game? Uh, Kind of bizarre. Uh, But hey, what are you going to do? It looks like they've added some Destiny-like bosses to the game um, where you're kind of running around and, and fighting different heavier enemies with like health bars and stuff like that as bosses. I think that's kind of a cool addition. Again, haven't played the newest Halos, so that might be something they've been doing. But uh, I think that's pretty hype. But the one of the things I think is super cool is they're allowing you to do land parties and even in your own house. So the, the land capabilities, you can do a land between an Xbox console and a PC. So hmm. you can set up your own like cross-platform land parties uh, so that kind of takes care of a little bit of like the co-op concern. I think that's going to be mostly for multiplayer. So it's it's not ideal, but something that you could still do within the same household playing with friends, even if it's not in the campaign. Um, 
but that's pretty hype. And then I've never uh, played Halo co-op, so it's not a big deal. No one's ever done it before. Exactly. It's not like one of the favorite things that most people talk about, just sitting down for a night and beating a Halo campaign with your friends. Like people don't do that. Never mentioned it. Never. Um, and then finally, they they mentioned. So obviously, if you have cross platform between PC and console, there's going to be some concern about having mouse and keyboard versus controller and how that will actually go. And so they've kind of solved that by creating three separate ranked pools. So there's going to be ranked for controllers only, ranked for keyboard and mouse only, and then a ranked where it's whatever play style you want. Um, so like if you play with a controller and you you think you're better than people with mouse and keyboard, you can still go up against them. You're not locked into only playing with other controller people. Um, so it kind of allows you to do what you want to do. And we've talked about the multiplayer that seems they're doing some cool things. The The battle passes that you get that give you goals to unlock certain content don't expire so you don't have to go in and play it um some of the progression is a little bit weird but overall i think the multiplayer is going to be pretty cool and the multiplayer is 100 percent free to play i don't even think you need game pass or xbox live to play it if i understand correctly um i think it is truly fully free to play which is pretty cool accessible getting the most eyes on it as possible the most people playing it as possible I think it's a smart marketing tactic uh, by Microsoft. Um, obviously, the campaign will be on Game Pass, or you can buy obviously. it individually. Obviously, is that what Game Pass do be? But uh, and then uh, weird side note: Timothy Chalamet, the actor, uh, apparently had an Xbox modding YouTube channel when he was 14 years old, um, and so that news <laughs> was was running around. It's <laughs> just kind of fun. So. Um, I guess it just means Oliver and I could someday be super famous Hollywood actors. That's just, that's exactly what that means. Two really weird jump in logic there, but I'll purchase five of them. <laughs> um, yeah, considering 14 is half my age, so. I got time. You're about to die, bro. You're on the verge. I know. I'm an old fart, but. Los Presipase of Death Eye. Press passe of death. Um, also, uh, the new yeah, Guardians of the Spanish. Galaxy <laughs> game is apparently getting reviewed pretty well. So, like, I when I saw the the latest trailer for it, I I was actually like, wow, that actually looks kind of good. And it seems like it actually is pretty good. And it's fully single player. There's no multiplayer online requirement BS crap um, like the Marvel's Avengers game that it is kind of universally shit on. Um, Digital Foundry just did a really cool video talking about the graphical settings and stuff on next-gen consoles. Unfortunately, the Xbox Series X continues to shit, or not Series X, the Series S, the less powerful version continues to shit the bed. Um, it's basically locked to 1080p, 30 frames per second with reduced graphical settings um, is the only version of it where on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, you get the choice between a 4K full graphical setting 30 frames per second or a 60 frames per second performance mode um at 1080p um so just it's a shame i don't the more we go into this generation the less the xbox series s makes sense um yeah it's just it's kind of weird to me I think I think that's kind of I think that was a dud for Microsoft. Obviously, with Game Pass and the Series X, they've they've been doing some really good work. So everyone's allowed a dud from time to time. But the Series S seems to be a pretty big dud. So 
unfortunate. And it's and it's also reflected in the demand. You can easily find an Xbox Series S and purchase one. They're in stock all the time because nobody wants one. I'm going to buy 200. There you go. Make nothing but profit, baby. I mean, at 300 versus 500, if you're pinching out for money, I am. But it does that. But then when you factor in the fact that the PS5 discless version is the same power as the disc PS5, but is $400. And PS5 has a lot more exclusives, unless you're like really in the Xbox. Oh, yeah, by that argument, then it's like both the Xboxes suck. It, I mean, true, but the, the Xbox Series X is actually pretty powerful. But like, if cost is a concern for $100 more, you could jump over to a different ecosystem as a lot of games. So you have to be like really in the Xbox sauce um, to, to feel the need for the Series S. I mean, it is a lot of money, and an additional $100 is a lot of money. But I think if, I don't know, with how the, the experience has been on the Series S, I would recommend most people to try and save the additional money for either the PS5 uh, discless version for $400 or the Xbox Series X or PS5 disc version, if that's what you want, would be my recommendation. Don't get the chunky monkey. Look at that chunky monkey right there. Don't get it. Chunky monkey. Yeah. She looking good. Go digital. She looking good. I like that asymmetry, you know? It's modern. It's edgy. Avant-garde. Avant God, yes. Quite. Mm. And on that nonsensical note, that it seems like this podcast wrapping up right about now. So uh uh thank you Avant. everyone for listening. Um let us know, especially me, how wrong I was in picking Undertale over Hollow Knight, uh in the comments down below. I know some of you will. <laughs> and uh follow us on Instagram, podcast services, YouTube, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh we'll continue down this the soundtrack bracket. Uh, for the foreseeable future. Got some other content things. It is what it is. Hope y'all are safe and healthy. And with that, we will catch y'all in the next one. Juicy. Juicy.